Welcome to Alpha Faith. Today in our Bible study, we will study several dynamic scriptures that are sure to build our faith. So get your Bible and let's get started. Hi friends. Welcome to this episode of Battle Plan. Today's message is entitled, A Slave for Christ or a Slave to Death. We take our scripture reading right out of the first seven verses of Romans chapter 1. And it's an exciting passage. And there's some new truths in here that I had never seen before. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I, I knew that there was elements here that the Lord wanted me to share. And I think it applies to you, the listener. It applies to me. It applies to everyone, whether we're believers in Christ or not. Uh, we are either a slave for Christ or a slave to death. And I'll explain that as we go. But let's jump right in to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. It says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. The good news is about his son. The good news is Jesus Christ. Hmm. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Great, great passage here. And there's a lot of important truths for us today with all the conflict and confusion and wars and uh, political savviness and just uh, woke people running around trying to give their opinion on how we should think, how we should believe, and how we should live our lives. And the Lord is directing Paul here to share that we have been given authority and the privilege of representing Christ. And so we need to be people of influence. There are many people of influence that are floating out here in society and in life, and, and they're bringing a slanted viewpoint of a worldly look. They're not in line with biblical teaching. They are not in line with the Holy Spirit. They are not in line with the Word of God, and they are definitely not in line as followers of Christ. Even there are what I would call woke 
pastors out there that are wanting to be more accepting and how they use scripture and slant scripture to meet their own agenda and their own platform and their own self person of of influence that is not what the holy spirit is doing here so let's look at this and i think the most one of the most important aspects of this uh, passage is the very first line of paul's writing he said this letter is from paul a slave of christ jesus now there's a couple of aspects that we need to explore here the word slave when I think of the word slave, I think of someone down in a dungeon. I think of someone that's uh, been chained up and they're in tattered clothes. Uh, they haven't showered in two decades. And they're only let out for a brief time once a week to go clean up the pig's pen. Something along those lines. Now, I, I'm not an advocate of slavery. I'm not an advocate of... Uh, some of the critical race theories that are being taught. Um, but in this aspect, I think that word was critical when Paul is describing himself. And what I find interesting in that capacity is that we have to look at who Paul was. Actually, in Acts, the ninth chapter, we get a description of a gentleman by the name of Saul. And Saul was the leader of a, of a Roman army of militia that was set out to destroy and kill and torture the church and believers. And at the time, uh, Stephen, the uh, apostle Stephen was martyred. Paul was there to, to witness his death excuse me, Saul was there to witness his death, and he continued to go about the land, the countryside. Uh, literally, the Bible says he went door to door looking for believers so that he could either kill them or imprison them. Women, men, anybody who testified that they were of the way. And, and what that means is Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, and back in biblical times, they used the term, uh, people were of the way. And so Saul went around looking for those people to imprison them, at least. And in Acts chapter 9, he, was, he had contacted the leaders of a synagogue there and actually asked for a list of those who were part of the community who were, were of the way, who were believers, so that he can go in and he could um, attack them, uh, kill them, imprison them, uh, do whatever he wanted to do to try and uh, destroy the church that was growing. And so on the way to Damascus, he was on the road with his whole troop, his followers, when a bright light shone from the sky and Saul fell down on his face and he, the first thing he said is, Lord, uh, who is this? He didn't know what it was. Something was happening to him. 
that caused him to fall down on his face on the road right there with all of his followers right behind him, all ready to go into Damascus uh, to destroy the church. And out of the bright light came a voice, and it was Jesus. And Jesus actually says to Paul, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And so Saul got up, went into the city. Now, the light uh, that shone on Saul blinded him. He couldn't see. When he rose up, his compadres had to help him, and they escorted him, and they walked him into the city. And in the city, there was a believer by the name of Ananias. And the Lord had spoken to Ananias in a dream, telling him that Saul was coming into town, and he is to go to a specific street and meet with Saul, and he is to minister to him and anoint him so that Saul may see again. And Ananias says to the Lord, wait a minute. I heard about this Saul guy, and and all he wants to do is is destroy the church. All he wants to do is kill followers of Christ. All he wants to do is imprison us because of our faith. And so the Lord said to Ananias, don't worry about that. I have put you in Saul's heart that he knows he must come and meet with you to regain his sight. And so Ananias went and he ministered to Saul and he anointed him and immediately he gained his sight, but he also got baptized. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that point on, as he rose up, he was no longer Saul. The Lord directed him to now be Paul. And that's where we get Paul, Paul the Apostle. And so it's amazing that this, that this man who was the chief individual that was trying to drive out the church, trying to drive out anyone who was a believer in Christ, that here in Romans 1, he now defines himself as a slave of Christ Jesus. And I think that's so critical because it, it says of the transformation that God did in this person's life. It's like taking someone who is the leader of ISIS or the leader of the Taliban or a leader of a, a radical Muslim group and letting them find a relationship with Jesus Christ, come into the faith, and then turn around and go back out to the same community that he was bent on destroying, but now he's a believer. Now he's a, you know, he's a follower. And at this point, Paul says, I'm a slave of Christ. And it's not a derogatory term. It's not like he was being coerced or he was forced or he was in chains what it means is that I have been liberated. I have given up my life. I have given up my ways. And now I'm a 
follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a believer in the works and the, and the life of Christ. And now I only want to live for him. And that's the, the, the adage of why Paul calls himself a slave. He wants nothing to do with his old self. He only wants to be identified as a believer and a follower of Christ. What a transformation God did. And then it says that uh, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle. We go back to Acts chapter 9 when the Lord is speaking to Ananias and the Lord says, Saul is a chosen vessel that I'm going to use to reach the Gentiles. I'm going to reach for those in my church. I'm going to use to teach people about redemption. And, and here Paul says that he's chosen to be an apostle. And he's sent out by God to preach the good news. The good news that was promised. The good news that we will have redemption. We will have salvation through the life and works of Jesus Christ. And Paul identified that that was what his calling was. I think it's powerful. And it's amazing that the Bible goes on in verse 4 that Jesus was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy, Go Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. Powerful. I think the, the, the amazing thing here is that the Holy Spirit is what raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us. Wow. The same Spirit. The same works, the same authority, the same privilege that we have of serving the Lord is in us, indwelling in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says here that it is that God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles. In other words, authority that was given is an endorsement. When a political party or a political leader can't go to a meeting or can't go to a negotiation, he'll send someone to go there with his authority. Whatever you decide, whatever you negotiate, you have the authority to accept that on my behalf or on our behalf as a group. And that's what the scripture is saying that as God sends you out to speak and witness and testify to people, he's given you the authority to speak on his behalf of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy, of his redemption, of his holiness, of his gifts, of his authority, and of his place and position in your life because you are walking in the authority that God has given you. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that exciting? I think many believers are just saying, staying to themselves. 
They just go to church. They come home. They put their Bible on the shelf. They go and have some Sunday dinner or Saturday night dinner or whatever they're doing that is going to occupy their time. And that's, that's the level of their commitment to serving the Lord. But God is calling us to go out and preach to, to the world. And it's interesting that word preach. The word preach has a, has a, it's not like a minister where they're standing at a pulpit. The word preach represents our life, our words, our actions, our deeds, our attitude. All of that is compiled in this word preach. So what the, the word is saying and what God is saying is that I've called you to preach to your your workmates, to your neighbors, to the community. But but what he's saying is let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5.19. Let your light shine before men that they'll see how good your life is and they're going to want to know what it is about your life that you can testify to them your relationship with God is evident by your life. That's what preaching is in this regard. It's, it's exciting. And he says that you have been included and have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Let that sink in a moment. You're included, but God called you. Before you were even born, he wrote your name down and he said, this is my beloved child. This is a person that I'm going to anoint. I'm going to call them. I'm going to bring them into my family. I'm going to use them to bring me glory in and through their life. What exciting, what an exciting thing to, to express and to receive. What a wonderful gift from God to have a calling on your life from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it says, I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. Paul is saying that he's writing this letter to you. He's writing this letter to me because I am called, you are called. We are called to be followers of the way. We are called to be lovers of God. But most importantly, we are called to be holy people. We have to live in holiness. We, we can't play around with wokeness. We can't play around with the, the, the terms and, and the, the postings of people on social media or people of influence or people at work or, or, or people that are living a lie. They're not living for Christ. They're living on their own regard. They're not followers of Christ. They're not believers in Christ. They may call themselves Christians. They may call themselves a Christian pastor or a Christian apostle, or they may call themselves a prophet. But unless they're following and being led by the Holy Spirit and they're bringing words directly out of the Bible, then you need to take action and understand what exactly they're saying 
in relationship to what God's saying. I want to go back, and it says that the Holy Spirit, which raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, is in us. And when I was reading this, and I was looking at um, the, that Jesus was raised from the dead, I started thinking about others and how we are either dead or we've been rescued from death. And I don't mean eternal life. I'm talking about a dead life. I'm talking about a dead purpose. We, we, we've abandoned our purpose. We, we've given up on our calling. We've given up on where the Lord wants to use us. We've just let that die. We've let our, our, our energy die, our thinking die. Our talk is dead. When we communicate with people, we don't say anything. How's the weather? How'd your, hey, did you watch the game last night? Hey, are you doing this? Oh, such and such is coming in concert. That, that has some bearing, but that doesn't give them life. It doesn't give them hope. It doesn't, it doesn't stir them up to be a follower of Christ because our words are dead. Our actions are dead. Our influence are dead. When we encounter new people, we don't have anything good to offer them. We offer them something that is not fulfilling. There's no excitement. There's no uh, energy for them to want to get to know us. They, they, they want to be around us so that we have an opportunity to be a person of influence, so that we have an opportunity to wit witness to them, to minister to them, to pray for them. Why? Because we've let ourselves just live a life that is slowly dying. Think about your church. Are you attending a dead church? Do they not believe in the works and purpose of the Holy Spirit? Do they not believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do they not believe in the resurrection of, the whole, of, of God, of Jesus? Do they preach something? Are they a woke church? Are they a seeker-sensitive church? Oh, we've taken all the crosses off of our walls because we don't want to offend people. We don't preach from the Bible because we don't want to offend anyone. That's a dead church. If you go to a dead church, then ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you, to direct your steps, and lead you to a glorified church, an anointed church, a church where the pastor walks in righteousness, he speaks truth from the word of God, and he brings people to the Lord. An apostle plants a church. An evangelist brings people to the point of decision regarding a relationship with God. A pastor has to shepherd the sheep and, and to lead the church and lead the congregation and, and allow the church services and the church body to grow, to expand your ministry horizon, to expand your gifts of the Spirit. And then a, a teacher will teach the Word of God. 
There are some that are called to be teachers. There are some that are called to be pastors. There are some to be called evangelists. There are some to be called apostles. And there are some to be called a prophet. And prophets should be prophesying about what God is showing them for the church and, and how God wants to move in your church and in your life and in your city and in our country and in the world. That's what God wants. These are the last days. We have got to make a decision. Are we going to be a slave for Christ, live for him, worship him, walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to be a slave to death? Are we going to continue living in our dead life, our dead purpose, our dead talk, our dead future, our dead church? It's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to say, I am serious about my relationship with Christ Jesus. Just like Paul described himself, I'm a slave for Jesus Christ. I, I'm dedicated to no longer persecuting the church. I'm dedicated to no longer being the guy who was dead, walking on a Damascus road, going in, wanting to destroy the church. Having no authority and walking in no authority and not walking in your calling is as similar as Saul was on that road. God wants you to step up, step out, and believe. What is your calling? What is your purpose? And what is God about to do in and through your life? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the listener. I thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are guiding them and that you are in them to guide them and lead them. And like you raised Jesus from the dead, you're going to raise us from our dead life, from our dead talk, from our dead thinking, from our dead purpose, and Lord, especially from our dead churches. And Father, we pray for revival in our life. Let revival start in our lives. Let revival then flow over into our church, into our community, into our families, into our friends, into our workplace. Lord, America needs revival. We need you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to come in and revive us. Your word says that you will revive a broken and contrite heart. And Lord, we come to you broken out of our dead place. We come to you contrite out of our dead place, and we ask for you to revive us again. Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Use us in and through our lives for your glory. And may those that we come in contact with see your glory through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you again for, for listening to Battle Plan. We do a weekly podcast. If you want more information, contact us through alphafaith.com. If you need a Bible, contact us. We'll send you a Bible free of charge, no obligation. 
We're not looking for donations. We just want to minister and and reach out to you and and let you have a stronger relationship with Christ. If you are a believer and you'd like to support this ministry, you can reach us through alphafaith.com website and we have a, a support page. It's all 501c3 nonprofit ministry. And if that's what the Lord is leading you to do, we thank you for your support. This is Evangelist Michael Frucci, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today in our Bible study. If you have a question about today's teaching, please contact us at our link in the description. If you would like prayer, email us at prayer at alphafaith.com. Alpha Faith Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry and is supported by listeners like you. Please visit alphafaith.com and click on our support page to be a part of this dynamic ministry outreach. Thank you and God bless you.